Brad, as we record this, we are uh, in the weeks leading up to Christmas, and I was trying to think, like, I, I, what, what do I get Brad Geiger? I, I, you know, I don't know if it was your birthday or Christmas that last year I got you the Ziggy phone, which yeah. I know is a, now a cherished uh, household it is, memento. It is very cherished. Yeah, it, it's uh, like Grandpa's urn got moved off of the uh, <laughs> off the mantle, and now the Ziggy phone is on there. Uh, but anyway, so this year, <laughs> I well, it's, to- it's, it's actually nice because the Ziggy phone, he's got his hand out that t- is supposed to hold on to the phone receiver. Uh-huh. We just that's where we put Grandpa's urn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and Ziggy just said, Brad just cut out a little voice bubble around Ziggy's face that just says, Grandpa's not with us anymore. <laughs> um, all right, but anyway, so I'm, I'm looking around for what gift, and I stumble upon this thing on Craigslist, and I want to share it with everybody because, okay, so here's what you have to imagine. I, I'm looking for a joke gift. This is the perfect joke gift. You've yeah. heard Brad and I talk about before the comic panel from the 70s, 80s called Love Is, which oddly enough featured two naked cherubs talking about what the nature of love was. Love was doing the dishes without being asked, or, you know, I don't know, it always had some stupid phrase like that, right? And Brad and I, in a sort of Ziggy fashion, we make fun of Love Is all the time because it was just hallmark in 70s and 80s and just was a very specific moment in time so somebody on craigslist and i sent brad the link brad if you wouldn't mind clicking the link it was on craigslist from san diego which i happen to go down to for family all the time so i was like oh i could pick Uh this up in san diego it is a 25 inch framed and beautifully matted like someone really cut this mat beautifully uh it's 25 individual love is cartoons And like I, I was, for those of you that know matting, like I've cut mats. Brad, have you cut mats before? I've cut mats. Uh, yes, and, and I hated, I hated every minute of it. Right. And, so and this, this at, has a whole bunch of these dotted all over. It looks like it's a bevel cut mat with, uh, with black uh, board behind it. So there's two layers. Yeah. And then these love is photo stats uh, on top of the black board. It's, it's gorgeous. Somebody put hours of work into yeah, this. Yeah, and the only reason I mentioned the mat cutting is, Brad, you know how easy it is to mess up a mat cut. Someone, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, someone has cut 25 individual mat cut openings into, and it might be a double mat cut, by the way, because the black one might be its own separate cut. I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, long yeah. story short, they're selling it for 25 bucks on, or sorry, for 12 bucks on <laughs> San Diego's <laughs> Craigslist. And I was like, holy <laughs> hell, this is the greatest Christmas gift I could ever give Brad. It's 25 mat framed uh, yeah. love is things. And then I was thinking to myself, how the heck do I mail a glass framed picture to Philadelphia from Los Angeles. First of all, I'd have to go get it in San Diego or mail it up. What a pain in the ass. So even though it was 12 bucks, this would be such a rigmarole to get this stupid gag joke to you that, Brad, you're getting no love is for me for Christmas. No love is at all. That's okay. Listen, I... (laughs) No love for Christmas. It's it's. I understand. I understand. But but hold. On. I'm I'm confused because you've already sent me my Christmas present. I've got the the Advent Jam calendar that we're that that uh, that we're gonna we're gonna enjoy together. Right. We're gonna uh, we have a whole system planned out. We're gonna uh, open up the jam. We're gonna compare notes. That's I've right. already got my Christmas present. So we are currently recording this on November 29th. We haven't actually started the advent calendar. Uh, For those of you that remember last year, I went nuts because somehow on my radar got this thing, the Bon Maman advent calendar. It's 24 teeny tiny little 
jams and honeys and spreads, right? And yeah. each one is a different flavor. And they're all bonkers. It's like strawberry plus a Bulgarian rhubarb. You know, and you're like, what? What's yeah. a Bulgarian rhubarb? I have no idea what this is. And by God, they're all delicious and weird. And so I got one for Brad, too, because I was like, by God, next year, I'm going to FaceTime him every day and we're going to try a yeah. jam and we're going to have delightful Christmas fun. And so Brad has the Bon Maman calendar. I've got it. Are you willing to, to FaceTime me every day and we're going to open yes. up a jam and try? Yes, absolutely. So, okay, yeah, good. I, I, we, will, we will do our taste of the day. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll just bring it in here to the studio because by the time you get up, I'll, it'll be, you know, later in the morning here. So I'll have I'll have it here. We will uh, I'll have some toast or something to put it on. Yes. And and I all I've got to say is I think this year is going to be the tastiest Christmas ever. Oh, see? And that's, well, now, that's I, all I, I'm going to say. I wanted to capstone it with a love is friends. Just know that the friendship was there that I oh immediately thought of you as soon as I saw this shitty, shitty comic. And by the way, the Craigslist listing, I should read this because I had no idea. So yeah. love is, uh, this is the Craigslist listing underneath it. First they describe what yeah. it is, right? And then they say love is is a comic panel created by New Zealand cartoonist Kim Casali in the 1960s. First of all, I yeah. had no idea that it was New Zealand. Did you know it was a Kiwi cartoonist? I, I had, had no idea. No idea. No okay. idea. The cartoons originated from a series of love notes that uh, uh, Kim Casali drew for her husband, Roberto Casali. They were published in booklets in the late 1960s before appearing in panel form in a newspaper in 1970 under the name Kim. They were syndicated soon after, and the strip is syndicated worldwide by Tribune Content Agency. One of her most famous drawings, Love Is Being Able to Say You Are Sorry, wah, wah, uh, published <laughs> on February 9th, 1972, was marketed internationally for many years in print. Anyway, I had, okay, so let's just skip to the, the chase. Yeah. Did you know that this was a New Zealand car comic? No, no, I had no, and, and actually it makes it kind of sweet that they were love notes to her husband. That is kind of sweet. But but also, again, the, I, I don't know that I've ever noted, I don't know that I've ever looked at it this close as when I did that close up uh, on the Craigslist ad. I never realized the female characters has nipples, the male character does not. They both have belly buttons. Neither one of them have genitalia, <laughs> but they, but she's got nipples. He doesn't. And now, well, yeah. what's the point of that? Brad's burying the lead. They're both super nude. And you're like, why? Yeah. Hey, why? Why are they super yes. nude? And then secondly, uh, Brad, that's a commonly known thing that the way you tell a human female from a human male is the nipples. Males don't have nipples. Well, that's how you know. <laughs> Just like with a dog, you got to flip them over. With a with a human, yeah. you got to get you got to get the nipples out, and that's how that's, you know. That, and and again, knowing that these were love notes, were there some love notes that were not newspaper friendly? That's what I want to know. <laughs> God, I don't want to know. And for those of you that are overseas or never had this syndicated into your market or, or never grew up with it, um, first of all, congratulations. Yeah. Second of all, <laughs> um, uh, you got to Google it. It's love is dot, dot, dot. It's the three yeah. ellipses. And then... Uh, it's, it's two, I'm just gonna describe it for you. It's two black and white uh, line art characters. They're always kind of facing directly. They're camera, always facing, facing directly forward. Yep. Yeah, there's and not a lot of action there. They're about two heads high. They're naked as jaybirds. They both have the Barbie smooth mound and it's very yep. uncomfortable because 
It's just drawn in a, I just, I don't like any of it. And I'm, I yeah. never, they're about two heads high. They're, it's, and one of them doesn't have nipples. It's really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and in, in the most, I, I don't know whether this is uh, a sublime or lazy. You can tell me, but every one of them goes the same way. Love is, and then it completes the sentence. Love right. is uh, a warm puppy on a cold afternoon. Love is bratwursts on the grill. Love is, you know, uh, singing in the bathroom. And, and and it's all this sappy, sentimental kind of stuff that was very big in the 70s. This probably was one of the more syndicated features in newspapers in the 70s. It was ubiquitous. Yeah, and one of the reasons I think, Brad, and you as an old former newspaper man can tell me if this is true, it was not a perfect square. It was taller than it was wide. Yeah. But it also could be cut to varying sizes. So in, yeah. you know what I mean by that in terms of rate. It was basically what I'm getting at is it was column heighted. It was not perfectly squared. So right. if you're laying out, especially when you were physically laying out a newspaper and you needed to fill an extra two or three inches, bing, bang, boom, you can slot in a love is and who even cares if it's today's love is. It could be from last right. week. No, well, no one will notice. Nobody's no one tra- tracked it. You, you know? keep track? It's the same yeah. joke every time. Yeah, and by, and by the way, Brad is really liberally using the word joke there. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that yeah. they ever had a joke. Uh, because it was always it was always like love is holding hands as you walk through the rain. You know, it was always like, yeah. all right, yeah, that is love, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so Brad, uh, with with love in my heart, there is no love in the mail for you. You are not getting the twelve dollar double mat framed uh, love is from San Diego Craigslist. And on that note, I'm going to say hello, everybody, and welcome to Comic Lab, the show where love is making comics and love is making a living from comics. I'm Brad Geiger, the editor of WebComics.com and the cartoonist of Evil Inc. And I'm his friend Dave Kellett, who's mainly surprised that. What a thing that a New Zealand cartoonist broke into the biggest cartoon market in the world with that. Yeah. Like, even she yeah. must have been like, what the heck? How did I do this? This is bonkers. What anyway, happened here? I'm the cartoonist of Drive and Sheldon and the co-director of Stripped. And this week's hour of comics advice is made possible by your support at patreon.com slash comic lab. So Dave, Dave. Let's talk comics. Let's talk comics, my little cherub, my little naked cherub with the Barbie smooth mound. All right. Let's, let, oh, I don't want to think of you with a Barbie smooth oh, no, mound. That's boy. unfortunate. All right. So this yeah. first question, Brad, comes in from Tom over at patreon.com slash comic lab. And Tom writes, I've noticed that Brad seems to have switched up his social media strategy recently. He changed his avatar to his evil ink logo, is posting some uncensored NSFW content and is retweeting the work of other artists more frequently than before. Just being more active in general. You know what? That's what his doctor recommended is a little more activity. And he's trying to <laughs> being a little bit more active yeah, in general. Yes. Which active. isn't hard. Yeah, so good, good, yeah. well spotted, Tom. So anyway, what's the why behind this? Because you know, Brad always asks, what's the why behind the why? Yeah. What's the why behind this? Are you seeing returns on new traffic? As someone who only posts a couple times a week, I'm curious if these other forms of engagement are meaningful. So Brad, I also noticed that you changed your uh, social media image. And I also noticed yeah. that you were uh, tweeting stuff that you previously had sort of held back on. Yeah. Um, and I did not necessarily notice you're tweeting more stuff, but I would like you to talk about all of this because this does seem like a pretty significant change. 
Well, yeah. So I, I have been experimenting on social media. I've been I've been doing a lot of things on social media, trying to you know find uh, a little bit of a heartbeat uh, in a in a social media landscape that has really gone soft recently. It is absolutely Twitter has just gone down the chute, and uh, blue blue sky. Mastodon and uh, threads really haven't, uh, in my estimation, developed to the point where they're they're ready to replace. Instagram has never been high on my list and has never been uh, particularly uh, beneficial in terms right. of return on investment. Facebook has long since forgotten. I don't think anybody takes Facebook seriously anymore. So. Uh, uh, well, the craziest goat, aunt in your family still does. Uh, yeah, and I don't yeah. need to know your family. But I can guarantee you that's the case. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. So. So, yeah. So. So taking them one at a time, the social media image. So one of the things that I've also been trying to do is make myself a little bit more available for podcast appearances to try to. Uh, Have to you? Try oh, to, OK. Yep. Just especially to talk about uh, my my work in not safer work comics, uh, I because since Twitter really isn't giving me the returns that I need, I need to find the people who don't know who I am. We've ah. talked about this on the show, right? Yeah. Patreon seems to think I need to, I, I need more ways of talking to people who are already my backers. I don't need that. I need to find the people who don't know who I am. And yes, by the way, yes. it's it, it's been it's been working. Like I could tell when my uh, I did a I did a podcast appearance uh, last week or the show went live last week. And I could tell when it went live because I woke up to a bunch of new Patreon backers that I hadn't. Really? Had. So really? It, yeah. Yeah, it was it was very effective. But, you know, when I go on a podcast, I'm shot out of a cannon. You know, I can talk. I can emote. We <laughs> they they said, yeah, we're going to have you on for a 15 minute interview. And uh, we'll see, you know, that'll that'll be just fine. And I'm like, yeah, sure. You want to do 15 minutes? We can do 15 minutes. An hour and a half later. They were saying, okay, we got to wrap this up. We got to go. And I'm like, yeah, great. Fine. Fantastic. If you ever want me back, they said, we, you know, and they, they're like, we, they don't have somebody to talk about art related issues. It was a, uh, a podcast that concentrated on NSFW work. It's called oh. wholesome addiction. And I'm like, this is good mark this is good placement for yeah. my brand they talk about these kind of issues but never had anybody to talk about art right. and so i came in talking about comics and we we recorded uh an hour and a half so uh I, it, so i've been doing that i and there and i also noticed that there's somebody that does a uh a, a twitter spaces podcast have you ever seen some of these twitter spaces it'll say at the top somebody's talking right can i be an old man no i've never yeah. i don't even know where to go for twitter spaces i'm just i'm, I'm being 100 awesome or awesome 100% honest <laughs> it literally just pops up like when you've got twitter open where? it'll say like, where though where? at the top of the screen it'll, at, at the top of your screen it'll say like joe blow is talking and you can click on it and you can you can hear a live podcast being recorded. 
but do you have to be a follower of Joe Blow in order? Uh, I'm not joking. Yes, like, yes, okay. you do. Yes, you do. Okay, so you've got to be following them. You know what I'm realizing too, though, and this is I might as well admit this. I have yeah. muted damn near everybody that I follow on all of my <laughs> socials. I'm, and I'm not kidding. You know why? Because I really found it to be a waste of time to. Uh, yeah. And I'm I'm not being insincere there. I love everybody that I follow. I just I don't I want to post. I want to be able to post. Get in, get out, get back to work, you know, yep. and yeah. uh, I am I'm finding it less efficacious for me to go on social media and see what people are doing, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I've yeah. muted and, and that might be a bad move, especially in light of the changes you're making. So, well, yeah, I don't I, I, I I'm not ready to say one way or the other on that, but I will say. Like every now and again, this person does a Twitter Spaces podcast. In other words, you can listen and it's live. It's happening right now. Uh, and and it's for not safe for work comics. And this person gets a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, people listening to the show. Like I can see they've got hundreds of people listening to it live. And then you can go back and listen to old episodes on a website and so it's just like a podcast, except since it's on Twitter spaces, you can listen to it being recorded live. Right. Right. Uh, so I so I noticed when I jumped into there, I noticed everybody else is using icons and images and stuff like that and because they're not safe for work comics people. Right. Oh. And here's old man Geiger with his gray hair and his glasses. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to use my logo because after I listened to this one, I was going to pitch myself as a guest later in a private DM. And I wanted to I I I. I, I, I felt self-conscious about my face. <laughs> so I thought it was better branding to use the logo because I blended into the group more. Everybody else was using logos and so forth. Wasn't a lot of faces there. So uh, to, to fit community norms in that case, I just used my logo. Oh, and uh, by the way, I will be showing up <laughs> on that podcast uh, coming up, I think sometime in January. Uh, and that I wanted that specifically because I, I want to get a chance to talk to a whole bunch of not safe for work comics artists so I can talk about the importance of Patreon content exchanges, especially in the light of us trying to replace social media, the things that we got from social media. I, every time I pitch a content trade with somebody, they think that I'm trying to scam them. And so if I get a chance to get a whole bunch of them together and explain what's going on, <laughs> right, that's right. worth my time to show up and do a podcast. So the 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 change of the avatar was just me uh, uh, matching that community that I was trying to fit into. As far as the rest, you're absolutely right. I've I've been trying to I've been trying to post more. I've been trying to focus on my posts again with with the one reason that I am planning on launching a Kickstarter in the first part of 2024. And I really am worried about doing that with Twitter the way it is right now. Right, and I, right. I feel I, I've got to do whatever I can right now to prepare for that, to, to see if I can make anything happen on Twitter. And and by the way, I'm also mirroring it on uh, my other platforms. Uh, but 
I've been finding out. So, so basically I've got a whole spreadsheet, Dave, of I've got the entire week planned in what I'm going to post. I post at certain times throughout the day. And because there's no software that I know of that allows you to like, I just, if it was later or Hootsuite, I just bite the bullet and pay the monthly fee, even though both of those have gotten outrageous for their monthly fees, just so it would allow, allow me to schedule posts. But I don't think I haven't found uh, in uh, conclusively that any one of those allows you to post to all of those platforms. So no, I literally no. have all these tabs open on my desktop, on my uh, Chrome browser, and I use Twitter as my lead, but then I'll go into my spreadsheet and as I'm working through the day, load them up in the little tabs. When it's the right time, uh, I'll hit fire on our, or publish on all of them, fire them off. And I've been doing that at pretty much odd numbered hours because it helps me stay organized. Uh, nine o'clock in the morning, 1130, one o'clock, three o'clock and 11 at night. I've got that many that I am. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. What? Here's the thing. Don't really. Don't, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You got to understand. I do webcomics.com. I do Comic Lab. I do Evil Link. I do Evil Link After Dark. I've got so much content. Nine tenths of that stuff is literally copy paste. I copy paste the uh, webcomics.com intro in the link. I can do it in a half a second. Right. <laughs> But I've got so much content that it's really not hard to do. I throw all that out and a couple of promos for Evil Inc. After Dark and Patreon. I can have it all done. I can have everything all planned out very, very quickly because I got a metric shitload of content that I can I can spread around. Right. 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 So. I've been doing that. It's all in a spreadsheet. It's all planned out. And it's also been doing good at giving me some, uh, you know, uh, a little mental break. Because if I if I get into the zone, I can start drawing for hours on end and never come up for air, which yeah, get yes. good for your back. So I've been doing that. And so I've been doing another thing on the even and, numbered And, and if, if I remember your studio, that's you have to physically get up from where you're drawing, walk around to a different desk and go to your. Yep administrative yep. computer right and so yes i i purposefully have it set up that way like i don't even have software that i need loaded on uh, like i don't have software that i would need to prepare social media and all that stuff oh that's I don't even have smart them loaded. yeah like I, I like i it would be difficult for me to do it from that workstation so i gotta get up and come over here at least stretch around a little bit so on even numbered hours Again, to give myself a little break, and I thought this would be like a five-minute thing. I go on even numbered hours. What you're going to do when you're sitting in the studio, not, not when you're at home, when you're sitting in the studio, you're going to open up each of your social media platforms that you're focusing on, Twitter, Blue Sky, Threads, and Mastodon. Open up each one of them on the even numbered hours. Find one thing to share and just poof, share it just to be social just to engage in that part of social media. It's one of the four C's that we talk about all the time. Sure, sure and it is, yep. none yep. of us do it enough. Right? I do not, so I do share. not. Yeah, so here's, now here's what I want to talk about today. I want you to do this. I want everybody listening at home to do this because two things. Number one, you find out how 
difficult it is to find something worth sharing. It is what, what, what I thought was five minutes turned into 20 minutes and I had to start like it's it, it, like setting a timer because I would just scroll and scroll and scroll trying to find something worth sharing right. and I couldn't. And then like I I'd find it on I'd finally something on Twitter, I'd go to blue sky I'd have the same problem. And in doing this, here's the second thing I want to say in doing this, I learned so much about what makes a post shareable because okay. I, <laughs> I saw all this stuff that was not shareable. So it made me bring up this old episode of Comic Lab. This goes back, Dave, to episode 48. Okay, way back when we were in double digits, we talked Can I about just say, share when, thoughts. When you, pull, when you pull a reference like this, and then you also say that you have yeah. a spreadsheet for your social media posting, I'm mm -hmm. like, God damn, I am so unorganized compared to Brad Geiger, and I'm organized. So, like, how do you do this? How do you keep track of the show episodes, and how do you keep track? God, I'm impressed by you this morning. Keep going. I mean, I'm just kind of wallowing in how, I, how I'm failing compared to Brad Geiger here, but keep going. You know what? You're, you, it's your fault. Two years ago, you could count on one hand the number of spreadsheets that I had done ever, ever a spreadsheet, nothing. That's, and that's we started using spreadsheets. We started using spreadsheets for Comic Lab. You know, that one real big one that we've got that, that we did, has, yeah. you know, the yeah. topics and everything. And we started using spreadsheets and I started kind of understanding how they work. Now I use spreadsheets for everything. I, it's, it's, it's ridiculous the number of spreadsheets I've got going on in my life. I've got three of them open over here on this tab right now. The three different spreadsheets, two of them for Comic Lab for crying out loud. So uh, I wanted to talk about share thoughts really quick as we're, right. as we're right. rounding out this topic because we haven't addressed it in a little while. And it all goes back to my renewed efforts for social media. Uh, and, and, and again, you see how hard it is. If you try this experiment, and I, you don't have to do it as ridiculous as I'm doing it, but if you try it once or twice a day, just to try to find something worth sharing, you'll see how hard it is. And you'll see the mistakes that we're all making yeah. it, because we're not putting share thoughts into our social media posts. And by the way, I know it seems as if you should just be able to post your comic and that would be enough, but it's not enough because go back to t-shirt psychology, another episode from way back when the, mm -hmm. the reason somebody shares something on social media is the same reason they buy a t-shirt. It's in part to tell the world who they are and your comic may not do that alone, but what you say about that comic might. Do you understand right, what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. That's why I always tell you pride and joy. You can't go wrong with pride and joy. Post about your pride, post about your joy. Those are things people can share in, right? But let's go back. Episode 48. They said, uh, and this was from Patricon. We went to Patricon in 2019. And these guys were talking about posting on social media. They said, what is the share thought? In other words, what thought does this post cause that would inspire them to share the post? And the share thought typically fell into one of three categories. Number one, it made the user feel an emotion. Number two, right. it made an important connection with the user. Or number three, it helped explain information to the user, right? Okay. As you're posting yourself on social media, 
if you can come up with one of those three or another that you think is is viable, the question you're trying to ask is, why would somebody share this? And and by the way, I know you think that it's that the comic is enough, but we're awash in content. <laughs> it's you've got to yeah. do something more. That's why I get some sometimes upset when somebody wastes their words on their post. They tell you uh, this is no shoes for Tuesday. Number three. I don't I don't care about the title and I don't care about how many you've done. <laughs> right? Because right. I'm a wash in content. I don't care that this is number three or number 301. You've got that little bit of space up there to do something. And if you're wasting it with the comics title or how many comics or what day this ran or anything else, you're, 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 you're really hurting yourself. Right. And you're right. not giving right. me now. I'm even twice as mad because you're not giving me what I need. I need a reason to share that comic and you're not giving it to me. And by the way, please support my Patreon is also not a reason. Gang, what Brad is telling us is he has needs and we're not fulfilling those needs. And that's important. Yes. As friends, yes. we're not fulfilling his needs. And so, <laughs> yes. oh my God, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I challenge you to do this, to try to find one thing to share uh, at, 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 like at, at three times a day, two or three times a day on each of your social. Just find one thing that you would be willing to put on your social media feed. And if you do this, if you take my challenge for a couple of weeks, you're going to learn, like I have, a ton about what makes a post shareable. Yeah. First of all, this is all really good advice. Uh, and I, I fail at this a lot. I'm listening to you. I was very quiet for most of that because I'm listening to yeah. that going, oh, in a self-reflective way, oh, I'm really failing at this. I, I don't do share thoughts well. I don't share other people well. I don't. Yeah. But, so I, I, I will. Uh, this is a little bit of changing the direction of the conversation, but I think it, it yeah. informs where I'm coming from. I find myself um, kind of in a depressive state when it comes to social media in the sense that I used to swim in these waters. I loved it. It was the high point of my day to joke around with five to thirty five other cartoonists <sighs> around the world on social media every day. And in so doing, mm -hmm. we'd also be sharing each other's stuff and there was fun to be had. And, and uh, I enjoyed sharing more random thoughts from my day in addition to the comics. And now it feels, I don't know, I just, social media feels like a chore that I active, I find myself actively wishing for Twitter to fall apart because I have such yeah. schadenfreude for, for Musk uh, losing his shirt. You know what I mean? And like, mm -hmm. how, the, how mm -hmm. is that helping my business if I'm actively approaching a social media platform with schadenfreude for its failure? You know, I, I, yeah. uh, I don't, it, I, I guess in a sort of Marie Kondo way, social media doesn't spark joy for me anymore. And it's yeah. it's becoming yeah. increasingly hard for me to find it to be a joy-filled place to share content. And I'm saying this only because it's a failing on my part, I think, um, that is influencing my ability to implement Brad's great strategies. Yeah, well, I... The, Let's let's not call them great strategies just yet, because there was a third part of that question. Oh, oh did that it I not did, work? That I, that yeah, I, OK, OK. And, and basically, Tom says, have you been seeing increased engagement or traffic from this? And partially, uh, you know, uh, Blue Sky Threads Macedon, not great analytics available there because they're all sure. in their nascent. Sure. 
history. So uh, how, how can I tell? It's hard to tell, right? It's it's uh, am I am I getting loads of new followers? No, no. And t- even Twitter. Uh, Twitter's analytics aren't great unless you sign up for their advertising. Then they yep. let you in on better analytics. Uh, so am I getting uh, great things from Twitter? I have no idea. I, although I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think that I'm doing great shakes on on all of it. Well, I, I can't say that because if I really thought even I've been doing this three weeks now, even three weeks, if I thought that was it was worthless, I would I would. I would stop doing it and find something else to do. You know, you again, I'm a big return on investment guy. I'll probably be doing this at least through the end of the year uh, to see how things go. Uh, but is it is it getting great uh, uh, traffic? Am I am I seeing things? I'm not ready to say. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea whether this is working. But I do. The one thing I do want to, to encourage you is to try that uh, sharing thing to find something of somebody else's to share three times a day. Uh, I, and, and by the way, if you've got several social media, do what I do. Keep those tabs open. And when you find something to share on Twitter, go to Blue Sky and you find something to share there. I'm telling you, I've learned all kinds of things about what makes a post shareable and not shareable. And so when I'm preparing my next post, I can I can I can use that information. Well, we're nearing the end of this topic, but give me one or two examples of things that you have learned, concrete examples of like a way that you structured a post, because I think that would be really helpful to certain yeah. listeners named Dave Kellett that maybe <laughs> could use a hand on this. <laughs> well, I, again, I, I drop back to pride and joy. In other words, if I talk about, uh, I really like the the lion art that I achieved in this panel, right? That right. Now, if somebody can take that and that says that if, if they're sharing that, that, sh- that, that, that says something about their aesthetic, their ability to recognize aesthetic, something like that. If I right. say, here's a, here's a comic that I did uh, uh, and it's, it, I, I really enjoy how this punchline landed or I enjoyed this topic that I talked about, right? right. Then right. somebody, if they enjoyed that punchline or if they enjoyed that topic, it's not just posting the comic, It's got the same punchline, but since I called attention to this theme or to this topic or to uh, to this concept, that's a concept theme or idea that maybe is important to someone. And so they're like, oh yeah, I I did a comic maybe about recycling, right? Here's something that I think is really important to remember about recycling, blah, blah, blah. Boom, I can put that out. Somebody uh, uh, that has recycling as a thing that's close to their heart, sends that out as well because it's what they would like to say as well right i see so it's it's stuff like that in other words not just not just hey support me on patreon because we know we know those messages join us on patreon uh we need to post that stuff too right but we know that and by the way if you think that it's because uh, you got the word patreon in the post and patreon is depressing that in the algorithm I, I think you need to think a little harder about why posts get shared, right? You'll Twitter's see people all the time yeah, yeah. misspelling Patreon, putting asterisks and squirrelies in there because they think if you put the word Patreon in a post, here's what happens. If you put a post out that says, support me on Patreon, think about what we just got done talking about. There is no reason for somebody else to share that post, 
Right. It's a right. nothing post. You need right. to post it every now and again. You, I even post, hey, join us on Patreon. You know, this is an example of the stuff that you get, blah, blah. But when that post doesn't get an engagement, I understand why. I still need to make that post. It needs to be part of my mix. But right. I understand why it's not getting engagement. There's no reason for somebody to engage in that. I, yeah, it, yeah. It, there's nothing there. I get it. <laughs> right? yep. So yep. you can go back to spelling Patreon right. And th- if you think about what's going on, you actually know why that post isn't getting engagement. It's got nothing to do with the algorithm being against the word Patreon. It's got everything to do with there's no reason for somebody to share that. Yeah, I mean, the bigger thing that, uh, yes, Brad's perfectly right about that. It's uh, the other one, too, is that it's not necessarily a link to Patreon that gets uh, suppressed. It's basically any outward link gets suppressed. Like they don't want they don't Mm -hmm. want people leaving the platform. So when when Twitter's um, code came out a while back and we all saw that, like you sort of have a point ranking system. And so as soon as you have an outbound link you go down and you the way you fight that as brad said mm-hmm. is to have a more shareable post that counteracts what the algorithm wants to do which is to suppress it so yeah. uh, you get a you get a couple hundred people sharing it and that that counteracts it i'll give you one more by the way if you want another uh uh share thought for you it went in doubt ask a question i noticed you've been asking a lot of questions yes yes people love to tell you what they think and and it can be about anything or or just give and 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 i've been doing this at least once a day too and 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 that is uh, hey post me what you're working on right now in your drawing board just show me what your work is right now even if it's unfinished give me a random panel from your comic one of them was your comic logo let, let's let's share our comic logos, right? Well, that those kind of posts generate tons of engagement. Why? Because people love to participate. So if you <laughs> if you attach that onto a comic that you've done, if you do a comic about pistachio ice cream and you say, "Do you like pistachio ice cream?" Guess what? You're going to get engagement because people have thoughts on that shit. Right. So if it isn't pride, if it isn't joy, if it isn't some kind of shared thought and you can't think of what to do, ask a question. People love answering questions because they're walking around with thoughts. Nobody's asking them what they think. You're going to ask them what they think. They're going to jump in. Sure, sure. And I I get where you're going with in that the opinions are like assholes and that everybody has one. So I I know what you're going with there. But my problem, and again, this goes back to, and I think I'm not the only one that feels this. I don't care about the response. And so I feel feel fake in asking something like that. You know what I mean? Like, hey, how's your logo design going? I don't care. I'm becoming more curmudgeonly in that respect. You know, like, I'm just being honest about it. Like, I find myself disenchanted with social media in that I don't I don't care for the social aspect. <laughs> <laughs> it is so it's so weird for me to be on the other side of this conversation because I'm I, usually this is me like, don't talk to me. Yeah. I don't want to talk to you. And and, yeah. and, and and it's really very little just to, when somebody posts that thing that they, here's my logo is to say something that, that that's either just to favorite it and move on 
Or if you're going to say something, just say, oh, wow, I would have never thought to, you know, make my logo as illegible as that, you know, or, what, you know, or but, yeah. but, but, you know, all of that, but nice. Oh, I, I, that's what a nice logo that is. What a nice use of color. It's all that stuff that grandma taught you, right? right? Find something nice sure. to say. Oh, look at that. What, 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 a, what a nice character that is. I'm just being honest with you that I can't muster, I can't muster the energy to do it. It's like, you know how know. an introvert, they need to take 10 seconds to sort of steal themselves before they walk into a party because they know that their social battery is about to be drained. I, I, mm-hmm. I find that I'm like, oh, what am, what am I doing? This I, I have to steal myself to go on social media because I just don't care anymore. I'm just being honest about it. Like I, I can tell that I'm in a mood about social media. I, I see that. Yeah. I'm saying yeah. this out loud. Uh, follow what I'm saying is follow Brad's advice, not mine. I'm in a weird place about social media where I just, I, I wish I could uh, wish it into a cornfield like that Twilight Zone episode. I, I, I dislike all yeah. of it lately. I dislike the superstructures that are in place. I dislike the companies that are behind it. I dislike the algorithms that guide them. Um, and mm-hmm. I dislike how it makes me feel when I go on there. I just, I don't know. But I know that I need it for my business. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I'm just saying I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, coming to, I'm coming to you as a friend saying it's, I'm, something's, not, something's not firing with me on it. And I don't know, my, I don't know how to dig myself out of that emotionally. <laughs> Hey, if you're listening while you work, take a minute to stand and stretch. And while you're doing that, we're going to tell you why you should join us on Patreon. When you do, you're going to get hours and hours of podcasts that we've recorded just for backers. And exclusive Patreon posts that go even deeper on Comic Lab topics. And access to our exclusive Discord server, which is a thriving community of professional cartoonists. So you can support the show you love and get tons of actionable resources for your own cartooning. And listen, if you can't swing a pledge this month, we get it. No worries. Yeah, yeah, listen, you can still support the show by rating us wherever you get your podcasts. Just leave a five-star review and a few kind words. That, along with mentions on social media, is incredibly helpful. Now, everybody, let's talk comics. Dave, I I tell you what, ever since you mentioned doing it uh, uh, last time that we were talking, I've been champing at the bit to get an update. You went through, in, in what I can only <laughs> phrase as, as a fit of frenzy, uh, one of the more uh, uh, passive-aggressive things I've seen you do. You were so upset about the free membership tier on your Patreon. You went through and took the time to individually delete everybody who was at the free membership level on both of your Patreon, which had to take you, honest to goodness, a couple hours? No, I, I was listening to something in the background and I, I did it all. I did all of Sheldon and all of Drive in about 35, 50 minutes, something like that. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, I will say that this was this was a peak of smallness. Uh, yeah. Uh, that oh, I, I loved seeing it. I, 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 I'll be honest, people that have been listening to the show the last couple of weeks have, have seen in my mood an increasing uh, perturbance, shall we say, uh, disappointment in this free membership tier on Patreon because uh-huh. from a marketing standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, from an advertising standpoint, from a financial standpoint, I just, I see what they are trying to do if, if mm-hmm. you're looking at it from an idealistic standpoint. They're trying to recreate a social media model that's free where your readers will not be algorithmically blocked from what you want to share with them. I get that. Uh, But I think there's a better way to implement it than rolling it into the main core of Patreon. 
And so fundamentally, fundamentally, I just disagree with the idea of free membership. You could ignore it before when it was this sort of followers thing and no one really yeah. paid attention to it, right? But now that they have made it front and center in this new social media type push for Patreon where you can have free followers, I something about it, Brad, I'm just admitting to you that I'm, I am small about it. I do not like the idea of it, right? So I did a very, I, I think I took a dozen people and deleted them because what I was listening for was, uh, was a shout, uh, a cry of pain. Somebody saying, hey, you deleted me. I, I, I had signed up for the free membership tier and I was expecting certain things. And uh, out of my sample of 12, I got zero. Nobody mentioned that they were upset that I had cut them from the free membership tier. But it was a small sample. So what I'm desperate to talk about today is you you cut everybody. It had to be hundreds, right? Hundreds, uh, how many yeah. people got back in touch saying that they were upset from being cut from their membership? So overall, between the two Patreons, Sheldon and Drive, I think I, I ended up culling about 500 people, quote unquote, and because wow. I'm not 100 percent sure they were all people. Yeah, um, and yeah. Not a single squeak from anyone saying, hey, why did I get <laughs> knocked off the, uh, uh, the, the, the Patreon freebie level? And here's what yeah. I think is happening. So Brad and I have both been on Patreon for about nine years. I think that's a rough estimate, about mm -hmm, nine years, mm -hmm. right? I think, Brad, that anytime someone gets bumped off for missing a payment or was a, a backer but is no longer a backer, or has at some point expressed an interest, obviously, by following, they get put into this free tier, sometimes yeah. not even by choice. I think basically a lot of them are former backers, yes. right? That yes. for a myriad reasons on their own have decided to no longer back. So I went in, and by the way, I, want to, I should leave with, with this big caveat. I am not recommending this for anyone. This is yeah. my own smallness that I got rid of all of these free members. I don't recommend it. It probably is not <laughs> smart business strategy. I, I think it potentially might even piss off Patreon if they found out that I did this. So yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent not recommending this. But what I did is Brad happened to mention in <laughs> passing. Well, you know, Dave, if you're so mad about these free followers, you can get rid of them. And I said, oh, how can I get rid of them? And he goes, just block them and then unblock them. It takes two yep. seconds. You have to go through each individual person, but you can block them and unblock them. And then by having done so, they are no longer a free member. But in the future, they are allowed to join you as a patron. Yeah. And I said, this is a miracle. I 100% I want to do this. And so I did it for drive first, not a peep over a 24, 48 hour period from anyone. So I'm like, I'm doing it for Sheldon too. So I did it for Sheldon. Brad, no one cared. No one responded like how, what's happening? Why am I, what, what's going on? Why have I knocked off the free follower? No one right. responded in any way, shape or form. There was no complaints. There was no interest. There was no spark because I think for the most part, my, not everyone, my followers were former backers, former patrons that no longer cared anyway. You know, yeah. they had been automatically assigned to this category. They didn't want to be there. And then I'll be honest, there were a fair chunk that I wasn't sure were real humans. Yeah. So I don't know if now that this has been opened up, if botnets have been unleashed. Not, I'm not saying Patreon's doing it. I'm saying somebody's botnet has been unleashed mm -hmm. to sign up for this. I don't know. I don't know that that's the case. I have zero evidence. But there was a lot of cases where I told Brad, part of my frustration is if the idea for this on Patreon's part is to mm -hmm. move people up the ladder, great. 
I get it. They come in as a free follower. You move them up to a $1, $2, $3 backer. A few years after that, you move them up to a $5, $10 backer. I get it. I understand that. Yeah. Well, here, if that was the case, if that's what they wanted, what they should do is allow for posts that allow me to directly reach out only to the free people, right? So that I don't have to bug my paying patrons by saying, hey, here's 20 reasons why you should join us on paid Patreon. Because... What does that benefit me to to annoy my paying patrons just to try to reach my free patrons, which is what you currently have to do? And so yeah. Brad says, well, you could try to reach out to them by email. So I go into my list of 550 or so free followers and Brad, a third of them don't have a listed email, which, by yeah. the way, I don't even know how that allowed for it. But how am I supposed to reach these people is the point. Like, it's beyond frustrating to me why this category exists. And then I can't yeah. reach them through customized free posts and I can't reach them by email. What am I supposed to do? How does this right. benefit me in terms of raising them up the ladder? Right. And the way we talked about it last time, like you, you in trying to talk to your free members, you risk confusing your paid yes. members. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> now you're really screwing things up because you, you got to figure out how you're going to post. So you're not uh, uh, confusing your members. By the way, you, you don't want to post like nonsense there because then you're, you know, your paid members are getting way more uh, content yes. from you than they signed up for. Then they start right. to throttle back their notifications. Then they miss the p- content that they did pay for. Next thing you know, they're canceling their membership because they're not getting what they signed up for. And, and right. It's, right. technically it's their own fault because they, uh, they uh, throttled back notifications, but <laughs> this whole situation caused that to happen. So yeah, I, 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 it's like we said, we hate the free membership tier. It doesn't make any sense. It's not being implemented very wisely and not for nothing. I think I, I, I it take a, a half an hour. I I've spent a half an hour doing dumber things than that. I think it was probably time pretty well spent. Well, uh, and you might be saying, listener at home, Dave, you're seeing this all wrong. Those 550 yeah. people, you should not have called them. Those were your opportunity to grow those into paying patrons. My response is, if I got somebody to Patreon, uh, by the way, I don't know that there were many people that did this, I've got them to Patreon and they decided to go free rather than to pay, that's a problem right there, right? That's, yep. a, that's a marketing problem. It's an advertising problem. It's a, it's, a, it's a fundamental crux of the point of Patreon. That is a problem. Yeah. Secondly, I don't know that there were a lot of people that chose that. I think there were a lot of people that auto-assigned from previous patronage or I don't know mm-hmm. what from years past, like the histor- sort of historical relationship over nine years. I think I just uh, accrued 550 people that didn't want to be in this, uh, in this category. Mm-hmm. But secondly, the, there, there's no good way to communicate to these people on a consistent basis and yeah. not annoy the paid people, like Brad said. So anyway, so all of that is... But I, I, a secondary thing came up with this, Brad, and I started texting you about this because yeah. just by chance, I happened to notice that Patreon delayed their initial public offering for their stock because their fair market value valuation came in at a 70% drop from what it previously was, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding when I say, I think this directly relates to why Patreon is making this push for juicing up everybody's follower Mm -hmm. count, right? Mm -hmm. So let me tell you where I'm going with this. In 2021, um, Patreon needed to raise more money. So they sold their uh, Series F uh, fundraising round 
for 155 million, they raised 155 million bucks, but they raised that money based on a valuation of $4 billion. That's basically saying to the world, hey, we're worth $4 billion. If you'd like to buy into Patreon, this is the price because it's it's based on a fair market value of four million, four billion bucks. Enough people did. They got some investors. They got 155 million bucks. Great. Bada bing, bada boom. Then a couple years later, I think it was last year, mm-hmm. Patreon started to prepare for their initial public offering, their uh, IPO of stock. And to do that, generally what you do is you prepare what's called a 409A. I know these are a lot of numbers and letters, but the 4098 is basically an outside auditor comes in, reviews the overall status of the company, and Mm -hmm. under IRS guidelines, they issue like, hey, here's what we think under standard auditory, uh, uh, you know, uh, accountant practices. Here's what we think the fair market value of this company is, and that's what a 409A is. And that way, everybody can know, okay, we're all on the same ground about what the fair market value of the company is. I would like to buy this stock in six months when it comes out under its IPO. Anyway, long story short, from the last time that they sold Series F um, uh, chunks of the company to when they did this IP, this 409A, they went from being valued at $4 billion, Brad, to $1.5 billion. That's a 70% drop for Patreon's yeah. fair market value. And this was using standard accounting practices, right? And so I think what they need to do in order to get that IPO up, they, they definitely delayed it. But I think over the next 18 to 36 months, they're going to try to juice their overall user base numbers, the sort of mm-hmm. active user base by allowing these free members in. I, I, I don't, it's not conspiratorial. I think that's a really valid way to, to connect the dots as to why they're doing this. I don't, I, you know, we've been talking before about like, when do we start worrying about incentivization with Patreon? This might be yeah. the first inkling. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite serious about this. Yeah, no, I, listen, we, one thing that we've said all along is that everything has a beginning, a middle and an end. And yeah. Patreon will have uh, the same uh, arc that everything else does as much as we don't want to think about it. And we talked right. about that before on the show. We said the thing to remember about that is not to panic. The thing that Patreon really had uh, in terms of the value is getting this idea across of subscribing for content that, that made right. so a big difference in so many of our lives. So and many of our if lives, Patreon yeah does kind of go down the tubes if it you know if something happens there because as an nsfw artist myself uh one of the first things i fear with an ipo is that we're the first people to finally get the boot and uh, but but the thing about that even if that does happen right the thing to remember is Patreon wasn't magic it's not the only place that people can set up a subscription uh, if Patreon does go down the tubes, we just take that subscription content concept and we implement it another way. There are yeah. lots of people who are going to scarf up Patreon's uh, uh, users if if uh, users start to uh, leave the platform. Uh, you know, there's also people out there who have done their own subscription software uh, or, you know, implemented that without a platform. Uh, not for nothing. That's what I've been doing on webcomics.com for over 10 years. I run, yeah. I, I don't do a platform. I run my own subscription <laughs> system through my WordPress site. 
Uh, so it is possible. It is possible. I, I'll say right off the bat, the reason uh, uh, that I don't do that for After Dark and some of my other properties is that Patreon takes so much of the uh, a hassle, the red tape, so much yeah. of the uh, of the pavement is 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 flattened and 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 made nice for me. I I've never had to worry about uh, paying European tax, value added tax for my digital content. You know why? Patreon handles all of that automatically. And if I were to yeah. leave Patreon and do my own uh, subscription software. Whether I did not safe for work or safe for work, all of a sudden that digital content is taxable under certain circumstances. And now I got to figure out to do that. Now, do you remember trying to figure out UK value added taxes oh, just God. for shipping physical things? Yes. It, 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 have you, by the way, where did you land on that with your last Kickstarter? Will you even ship to the UK right now if you were to do a Kickstarter today? So I'm I'm prepping for the next Kickstarter and I don't think I I don't think I will. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I love my UK readers. The fa value added tax for Britain is is bonkers. Uh, but I want to jump just back on this, out how to pay it. Yeah. So and that's one of the things that I want to reinforce is that when Brad talks about Patreon smoothing a lot of the bumps in the road. Yeah. I just want to remind everybody that like my curmudgeonliness aside regarding free membership. I love Patreon. I love what it does. I love the core business yeah. model. 95% of what it does works just like I want it to. And I could not be happier yeah. with it. I, I, if anything, my fears about their IPO coming up probably around two to three years, two to four years from now, yeah. is that all, all the things that I do love about it, genuinely love and are appreciative of about it, might start to all apart a little bit that's so it's more of a fear of what might come rather than any sort of complaint about what's happening right now does that mm -hmm. make sense brad in terms of couching my my criticisms of this oh yeah that makes perfect sense that makes perfect sense and 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 you're probably right in terms of that it, it, because it's going to take a little while for that valuation to get reset uh, you yeah. know, this is this is something that's going to be uh, hopefully in the at least a couple of years in the offing. But it is something to keep an eye on. And it's something that uh, we have to keep in mind as they continue to to try to reimagine what Patreon is. Uh, a lot of that is going to come from from this angle. And we're just mm -hmm. going to have to we're just going to have to realize, you know, <laughs> that we're, we're going to have to grin and bear it if we want to continue to use the platform. This is what we're going to be looking at. Yeah, but I do think and, and listen, let's be optimistic about the time ahead. I do think we have a few years before their IPO, yeah. mainly because there's there hasn't been a bunch of tech IPOs that have been super gangbusters. And in fact, a lot mm. of stock at the very end of the a tech stock at the at the end of the pandemic took it on the chin. So. I think that kind of buys us some time, Brad, because a lot of those Series A through Series F investors, they want the biggest bang for their buck, and they're probably willing to yeah. wait another 36 months uh, to, to get a bigger bang, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think oh, we yeah. have a little more time. And in the meantime, Patreon is serving me well. I Overall, I love it. I, I just, for whatever reason, I personally took umbrage with this free followers thing. And I also want to say, by the way, you might be the kind of cartoonist for whom free followers works great. I want to acknowledge yeah. that and I want to wish you well with it. I'm, I'm glad mm -hmm. that you have found a way that you can communicate 
to both paid and free followers in a way that works for you. I recognize that it's different strokes for different folks and not everybody has to walk the same way up the platform. This is me saying, Brad, that I'm I'm, I'm trying to be altruistic. I'm not in, in the sense that uh, I don't have to be right about this. Just for me, it was pissing right. me off that this existed. Yeah. But I, I neither recommend anyone else do it. And I also, re I also recognize that my umbrage might not be universally shared. I, I, I know this was specific to me, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a good way to put it. Well, listen, that means we've got to go from your umbrage to my umbrage that because we're at the end of another show and I've got to tell you that you've been listening to Comic Lab, the show about making comics and making a living from comics. And when it's raining outside, it's time for Brad to open his umbrage and, and how that didn't work. I, I didn't land that plane, Brad. That joke did not work. Uh, your, your hosts have been my friend Brad Geiger, the editor of webcomics.com and the creator and cartoonist and all-around genius behind Evil Inc. at evilcomic.com. And my good friend Dave Kellett, the co-director of the comics documentary Stripped and the cartoonist of Sheldon at SheldonComics.com and Drive at DriveComic.com. And careful listeners will notice that Brad just aged 40 years in that last sentence. That was really fun to hear. Um, I don't know if you could hear it, Brad. It was like, and Dave Kellett, co-director of Stripped. I was trying not to have to clear my throat in the middle of a sentence. God was, dang it. I'm so glad I let that go as water under the bridge. Huh? All right, Comic yeah, Lab, yeah. the theme song is used with permission from Andy Creighton at theworldrecord.net. And this episode was edited by the ever-wonderful Matt Woodard of Woodsong Productions over at www.woodsong.media. If you love Comic Lab, you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And you may hear your review featured on a future episode. But thank you so much for all those five-star reviews coming in on Spotify particularly, you are really helping keeping us right at the top. If you haven't done it, this is your chance to give Comic Lab a little uh, a little present here in the new year. You can give us a five-star review and help us keep 2024 right up on top. And Comic Lab is made possible by your support at patreon.com slash comic lab. So we'll go ahead and say that twice. Patreon.com slash I regret using the phrase Barbie Smooth Mound. <laughs> That was that was particularly blue of you to I, I noticed you said that and I'm like, ah, he really said that. I am really corrupting you. Well, because you when you when okay, so I uh, having worked at Mattel, when when you had like a naked uh, can in your hand, it was like uh, he was wearing <laughs> those tight leotards for the Bolshoi ballet. Like there was yeah. a mound, there was something, but it wasn't it, it was, wasn't prominent. It was like he was ready to dance. You know, he was going to do Swan Lake. Yeah, was 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 it more bulge or mound? No, it was uh, bulge implies. Uh, a definition there was zero definition yeah. like the sculptors were basically no like how can i how can i um how can i sculpt a semi-deflated beach ball and and make it as least <laughs> as ambiguous as possible and that's what they achieved with ken it's a it's a smooth mound <laughs> if i never hear the word mound again for the next two weeks i'll be very happy well everyone uh, that's that wraps it up for this week tune in next week when the episode title will be ken smooth mound <laughs> Ah! <laughs>